You're about to learn all about Tesla and its leadership team. This is AutoLine. Probably no other electric car company has received as much attention as Tesla. And you've come to the right place if you want to learn more of what this company is all about. On today's show, I'll be interviewing all the top officers in the company, starting with the company's chairman, CEO, and product architect, Elon Musk. You'll find his approach to this business to be intriguing because he's treating this more as a personal crusade than as a car company. So stay right where you are. We'll be back talking about the electric car business right after this. Visit our website for even more great content all week long. AutoLine Daily, John's Journal, podcasts, and even more. So click over and get your all-access pass to the automotive industry at AutoLineDetroit.tv. Direct from the floor of the North American International Auto Show, this is AutoLine. Here now is John McElroy. I'm sitting down right now with Elon Musk, the founder, the CEO, and the architect of Tesla, the electric sports car company. Great to have you here on the set of AutoLine, or the set of AutoLine at the <laughs> Tesla display. Uh, well, thanks for having me. What do you mean by product architect? I haven't heard a CEO add that to his title. And in fact, I'm, I'm really, more than anything, I'm an engineer and a designer. Um, and I happen to be the CEO as well, because... If, Somebody's got to be CEO, Somebody's right? got to be CEO. And, 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 and if I'm not, then that probably means I can't make the design and engineering decisions that need to be made. Whatever gave you the idea to get into the car business in the first place? Well, um, my, my main interest is really in trying to accelerate the advent of electric cars. It's not the car business per se. Um, and the, the reason for that is we, there are pressing environmental, um, uh, economic, and national security reasons to transition away from gasoline. And it wasn't happening. From, from, what I, from what I could see. And so I thought if we, if we could create a company that could show that um, it was possible to make a compelling electric car you know, with great performance and capabilities people hadn't seen before, and uh, we could make the price something that was comparable to other gasoline uh, sports cars, then that would really change the, the perspective and, and uh, impression that people have of electric cars as being slow and these sort of golf carts, basically. Um, so you wanted to break the paradigm there. Yeah, I, I wanted to s show that it could be done um, and try to encourage the rest of the car business to move in that direction. And I think we've had some success in that. In fact, Bob Lutz has publicly uh, uh, credited us with uh, the, uh, his decision to, to, to do the Volt program. You know, when we announced the Tesla Roadster, he saw the press release, went to his guys and said, if a little company in California can do this, why can't we? Um, and uh, he's been kind enough to, to recognize uh, our role in serving as a good example. And um, so we're, we're happy to see the Vault and, and, and many other programs uh, uh, come, to, come to light. And in fact, it seems really the theme this year is very electric. Very much it is very electric, you yeah. bet. A lot of outsiders <coughs> have always said, yeah, I want to get into the car business. Most of them have crashed and burned. Uh, if you had to do it over again, would you do things differently or would you even get into the business now? Well, I want to be clear that it's. If, I wouldn't start a car company just to be a, a regular car company. It was the, the, the purpose of Tesla. The, the reason I put so much time and effort into helping create it, and um, 
it, and, and a lot of my personal wealth as well, is it, it's really for environmental and to some degree national security and economic uh, reasons. It's just, I, I feel it's very important uh, that we transition away from, from gasoline. So uh, it's, it's really for that reason. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not because I thought that the best place to invest money was the car business or that, um, you know, that I thought that would be the, how I could, you know, make, make more money somehow. I mean, or, nor, nor is it uh, um, a huge innate love for cars. I, I do, I do love, I love great engineering and uh, cars have, have been very interesting, uh, I think are very interesting uh, manifestations of great, great engineering. Um, but it's not as though I've been like a hardcore car nut. Mm -hmm. uh, um, not, not to the degree that many other people are, certainly. Uh, it's, it's because there's something very important that needs to happen for the world. Um, the transitioning to a sustainable energy economy is critical. It's almost tautologically critical. Um, and I'm trying to, be, to do some good uh, for that goal. Well, you certainly have advanced the cause of electric cars. I mean, Tesla has gotten headlines the world over. I hadn't heard the Bob Lutz story, but that's pretty good for you because getting the Bob Lutz seal of approval, as it were, is about as good as you can get in this business. But it is about a business. How's the business of Tesla going? Actually, it's going quite well. Um, so we, we definitely had some, some uh, we certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way as a new company and without all the, the types of experience that, that you'd really want to have. Um, or the ability to necessarily uh, do deals with key suppliers because they were, you know, didn't, never heard of us before. So, um, you know, so we definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way. But I, I feel at this point we're in really, a really good situation. Um, we're uh, producing cars at 15 a week. Now it's little for obviously. I mean, we're a tiny company, but um, 15 a week's not too shabby for a small company now. Well, thanks. And and we're we're ramping up to 30 a week by the spring which is our max production rate, so it'll be about 1,500 cars a year. Um, and we're actually sold out until November. So we, we don't have a sales problem. Um, <laughs> Even with the collapse in the car market, your sales, uh, people are not canceling their orders? We, we've had some cancellations, but we've also had people sign up. Mm -hmm. um, so we're actually still sold out until November, and, um, and, and we're continuing to add sales. So we know with the announcement of the the Roadster Sport, which is an even higher performance car, we've gotten a lot of interest, and in people are, are, are signing up to buy that car. Um, and it's, it's a unique offering. I think that's that's one of the things that's very helpful to us because you know you can buy sports cars or you can buy eco-friendly cars, but we're the only eco-friendly sports car mm -hmm. on the market today, at least. Um, in fact, we're the only production electric car uh, that's not sort of a golf cart or neighborhood car uh, for sale in the United States of any kind. Mm -hmm. What's the next step? Because I know that you had talked about doing an electric sedan as well. In fact, you had started uh, an engineering company here in the Detroit area, and that sort of got cut back with the way the economy's going. Bring us up to speed. Where do you plan to go next? Yeah, and I should point out, we, we still have an engineering center in, in, Detroit, in the Detroit area. It's actually moved from uh, Rochester Hills to Auburn Hills, um, and, but it's little, and it's not going to scale up until we really get uh, funding, you know, significant funding for the next for, for the sedan program. But we are keeping that sedan program going at about 10% of our, our resource load. Um, and we, we are expecting to unveil that sedan probably at the end of February, so not too, only a couple months away. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's going to be a very exciting product when people see that. Um, you know, I, I'm you know big believer in outstanding design, outstanding engineering. Um, 
and I think people will see that in this car that, that, that we're unveiling in a couple of months. Well, that's terrific. Elon Musk, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down and talk to me all about what you're doing at Tesla. All right, nice. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. All right. Talking now with Mike Donahue, also at Tesla, running all vehicle engineering and manufacturing. Great to have you here, Mike. Yeah, it's nice to be here, John. Last time I talked to you, you were at Chrysler. Big, massive corporation, high volume production, and mm -hmm. now you're in this tiny little startup. What's right. the difference that you've well, learned here? You know, besides size, I mean, size does sometimes matter, but it, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for me to apply, uh, you know, some of the great experiences I got at Chrysler and Diamond Chrysler, and apply it to a, a startup company that's trying to do some great things with electric vehicles. What's the biggest lesson you've learned so far in doing this? Uh, there's nothing I can't do that I don't want if I don't if I want to do it. Oh, that's a pretty good lesson. Yeah. I mean, imagine you've been able to bring a lot to the party, so to speak, in terms of you know how this has got to get done in mm -hmm. terms of the very demanding needs of the customer. What yeah. have you taught Tesla? Well, I think uh, you know among other things, you know, getting getting the uh, uh, roaster to a point where we can start making it, making it repeatedly, so we can start uh, uh, satisfying our customers. That uh, you know our customer base is ever growing, and uh, we had to hit a certain stride with respect to execution in that. And I'd like to think I helped them uh, along that path. What are then some of the things that you've keyed in on that's enabled the car to be? produced more easily? Well, basically, you know, focusing on operational excellence, okay, and, and, you know, setting a goal and making sure that we drive towards achieving the goal. And when we hit an obstacle, we attack the obstacle from the perspective of how can we make it, how can we overcome it, as opposed to, oh, well, we'll just have to wait until it kind of fixes itself. So it's kind of an execution orientation. So you're not telling them, oh, you need to get these kinds of robots in the plant no. or, you know, this kind of, it's, it's no. operationals, uh, procedures that you're yeah. bringing, not... You know, Exactly, execution and excellence. And uh, you know, when you have uh, uh, very, very bright people, and you uh, align them towards achieving a certain goal and things like that, man, there's no stopping you. And that's that's what we have. So where is the car actually being manufactured right now, well, for actually, those who are not familiar? Okay, with actually two places. We have the uh, what we call the glider, which is manufactured in the United Kingdom uh, uh, under contract with Lotus. Uh, they make that there, and we do uh, all the quality checks uh, for the, ch uh, the body, the chassis, the interior, the 12-volt electrics, and things like that. And then we ship it over to our factory in California. It's in Menlo Park, uh, adjacent to our showroom there, where we install the, uh, the powertrain, so the battery pack, the power electronics, the motor, the gearbox, we button all that up. We do uh, final uh, validation testing that includes uh, extensive ride and drive and things like that to make sure that we're uh, everything's functioning according to what we want. My understanding is the next step in the company is to go with a sedan somewhere down the road. That's right. Maybe when this global market comes back and the yeah. economy as well. Yeah. How would you manufacture it then? Well, we're gonna. It, it'll be a different scale manufacturing because uh, you know right now we're at about uh, 15 uh, per week in our, in our manufacturing. We're gonna double that to about 30 by uh, the April timeframe. But the Model S will probably uh, will be uh, building on the rate of uh, you know 40 to 50 a day or something like that. So it'll be you know significantly scaled up. So we'll have a uh, an integrated manufacturing manufacturing assembly plant, uh, body paint assembly, all uh, co-located. Any ideas where that might go up? Someplace in California. Yeah. yeah. Close by where you're making uh, well, all the, the 
propulsion system for the car? Yeah, uh, well, not necessarily. We're looking at different site uh, options right now in uh, both Northern California and Southern California. We're going to make our decision on the basis of the merits of each uh, site that we're looking at. As you well know, far better than I do, taking a glider and putting a propulsion system in it, uh, that's one thing. Yeah. Going and building the whole car yourself, that, that's a whole order of magnitude of complexity. Yeah, it's, it's, it is it's is a little bit, but you know, it, it's obvious that it can be done. I mean, just look around this uh, fantastic auto show that we're at. It's being done everywhere in the world, and why not in California? In fact, one of the biggest plants in the world is right across the bay, and uh, you know, Numi. And uh, you know, there's a certain expertise that already exists in the Bay Area. Mike, what led you to go with a small startup like this? I mean, you know, you, 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 it's not all that often that you see somebody leave a big car company and mm -hmm. go with a smaller startup yeah. like that. What, what convinced you to come to Tesla? Well, a couple of things. You know, one is I've, I've never shied away from change. I've always uh, looked for new challenges and uh, things like that. And uh, I love the automotive business, so I started looking at uh, different opportunities for uh, how to redeploy myself. And I thought, oh, I could go either the traditional route or the non-traditional route. And the non-traditional route obviously caught my fancy because what we're trying to do with, uh, you know, electric uh, powertrains. Well, Mike Donahue, thanks so much for coming in and bringing us up to speed with what you're doing at Tesla. It was great to see you again, John. Thanks. Joining me now is Franz von Holzhausen, the head of design for Tesla. Yep. Franz, great to be talking to you. Nice to see you. <laughs> and the I've last time I talked to you, you were at Mazda. Yep. What, what got you to go to Tesla? What, a, what a, an amazing opportunity as a designer to come to a brand that has um, a really viable product and product offering and really create a brand ideology and a brand um, essence and really create something from nothing. Um, you know, my, my previous lifetime experiences with uh, other brands has always been taking what's there and refining it and working with it and, and developing it, but never Never have I had a clean slate to kind of build from. And so this is a super opportunity from a designer perspective. Man, what what's better? That's what we all want to do is it's kind of like, here, create something out of nothing, right? So So what are you working on? The, the S, the sedan, or are you looking at a facelift for the existing car or what? We've done some work with the, uh, the Roadster Sport, which we talked about earlier today. Um, and we're really, really involved in Model S, which is going to be kind of the basis for where um, our brand, from a, a branding perspective, really grows from. Um, and, and so that's that's where the, the the meat of all of our work is going, and that's that, like I said, that becomes the face of Tesla. So, talk a little bit about how you want to develop this brand from a design standpoint. Right? Give us some concepts of what you're working on. Well, the Model S is going to be the first one out of the shoot, um, the first car out of the shoot. So we're kind of leading with uh, a, a pretty bold statement. Um, what's really nice is that we have a known. Uh, entity in the powertrain and the powertrain will be in consumers hands for a few years and, and I don't think many of our competitors can say the same thing when they're launching their new products so we, we have um, we'll have a good brand awareness from a powertrain perspective um, and it's of course environmentally friendly so that's that's a great basis to build from because there's a confidence there um, I want to make sure that we're not alienating any of our consumers um, but we're attracting them through good sensible design and, and not just styling but functionality um, and I want to parlay our connection with Silicon Valley and that whole uh, uh, 
mystique there that and bring this kind of electronic age really to life in an automobile. You know, we've we've all experienced the kind of the cell phone and all the technology in the palm of your hand for a few hundred dollars. But when I go to my car, which I spend twenty or thirty or forty or fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, it doesn't rival or even come close to what I can hold in my hands. Uh, and I want to I want to shorten that gap. I want to make the the car actually feel that you've you spent good money on it um, and gotten the technology you deserve. Uh, and, and then from an aesthetic perspective, um, we want to, of course, have very aspirational styling um, and give the car just a very clean, beautiful, attractive um, shape and, and design essence to it. So whether or not you're an EV person or whether or not you're attracted to the functionality the car might have, you simply look at it and say, I gotta have that. Yeah. Will there be anything that you're working on that becomes the iconic face, if you will, of Tesla? I mean, well, if you look at a BMW, you can go, that's a BMW. I don't care if you don't know what model it is, you know what it is. What are you working on to say that is a Tesla? Regardless of what we do, the next um, one out, the next car of the shoot is going to, because of the volume, is going to really represent what the brand face is. So, you know, we, we're actually, a little bit of a misnomer is that you don't need cooling on, on electric vehicles. Well, in fact, we do. We have you know, liquid-cooled batteries and, and, and motors in the car, and so we do need to have some sort of grill. And that, you know, the I think the consumers that we're going after, we don't want to scare them. So we're we're not approaching it from a, a, a safe level, but we're we're taking the functionality that's required and, and, and creating uh, a, a unique identity in the character and. Um, I think it's going to, we, I want to set a, a clean foundation to continue to build from where we can scale, um, depending on the type of car that we do afterwards, the face in, in uh, a good direction. And, you know, with any good product, even even in our interaction, the recognition that we have with each other is with, through our face, our facial characters. And uh, I want to make sure that you can walk away and, and, and remember Tesla from its face, um, and then recognize it on the road. Real good, well, Franz von Holthausen, thanks so much for talking to us about what you're gonna be doing with design for Tesla. Yeah, I look forward to showing it to you soon. Talking right now with Michael Vandersand, the head of all sales, service, and marketing for Tesla. Michael, great having you here. Thank you very much. Okay, sales, service, and marketing. Let's start with sales. How are they going? Sales are going great. Uh, we uh, started delivery of our beautiful Roadster in the middle of last year, and we're really ramping up production now. We delivered 147 cars last year, many of those in California, but some uh, all around the country. Uh, we're um, planning to deliver about 1,200 cars this year. Uh, we've got 15 uh, a week right now. We're ramping that up pretty quickly to 30 a week. And of those 1,200 cars we're planning to ship, we've already taken orders for about 1,000. So right now, we've got a good backlog of customers. We're all eagerly awaiting the, the delivery of their baby. And uh, we're taking orders for October, November 2009. Now, did I hear right? You only have two dealerships right now? We have two wholly owned stores. Uh, our business model is to uh, to sell and service our product through wholly owned stores because we feel that we can give the, the best possible customer service experience that way. Uh, we're actively uh, in the process of opening four more stores in, uh, in, in the country in the next few months. New York, Chicago, Miami, and Seattle. So if you're selling cars already throughout the country, 
all the customers have to go to one of the two existing stores? No, they don't. They, uh, they get their car delivered at home if they so choose, and uh, we provide mobile service until we have a store up and, up and running in their area. How about overseas, outside of the U.S. market at least? Well, we've just started taking orders in Europe. Uh, we're planning to uh, open up shop there on June 1st in the, the U.K. and Germany. And uh, the, the Europeans have uh, received our car extremely well. We're getting lots of interest. We're doing media work. We're doing customer work. And uh, we expect Europe in the midterm to long term to be as big a market potential for us as, uh, as the U.S. is. Go back to what you were talking about before because I find that very interesting. You're not going with independent retailers. You have company-owned stores. Go a little bit more into that philosophy. Well, well, we, we believe that, um, firstly, the technicalities of servicing our cars is a bit different than traditional gas-powered cars. We don't have mufflers, we don't have oil, oil changes, and we basically ask our customers to come in uh, once a year or 12,000 miles for, for an inspection. But we don't have a lot of moving parts, and a lot of it is electronics. So the service profile of our cars is different. We don't need as many stores as other uh, brands might need dealerships. Also, because it's such a specific technology, and because Tesla is such a specific brand being the first production EV company in this country or in the world effectively with, with highway speed EV cars, um, that we think that we are best able to offer a great customer experience by connecting with those customers directly. Apple has done that with the Apple Store, as you probably know. Um, that is a comparison. A number of uh, other car manufacturers have done that, particularly in Europe. And we feel that's a, a model that works well for us to connect with our customer and make sure they have a fantastic, not just a driving experience, but also a customer experience. Okay, the, you've got marketing in your title, too. How are you marketing it? Or it seems to me this thing's just advertising itself with all the, the media publicity it's generated. Well, we've been very fortunate in, in, in uh, capturing the attention of a lot of people around the world. We're getting huge amounts of, uh, of attention, not just here at Detroit, but around the world, because we are the first production company out there. And I, I think the, 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 the topic of uh, electric uh, powertrains is extremely relevant in this day and age. So we're getting lots of attention. Of course, we're working very hard with the media, with our customers, with events, in our opening of new stores, to make sure that we, uh, we, we formalize that relationship and sell cars and make sure we get many more customers with their cars on the road. But uh, we don't have to go out and generate huge amounts of advertising because we've been very lucky in getting lots of attention. Do you think that's in the plans further down the road as the company uh, continues to grow? I mean, it, it, it might be easy to sell a thousand cars a year right now. I, I say easy, almost facetiously, but as you continue to grow, you must be looking at some amount of advertising. Well, there are different ways of promoting. I, I can't uh, exclude advertising from the future, but right now we feel we're better served with uh, the web, with uh, our events, which we do all over the country already, including uh, Europe as well, and uh, with, with working with the media to uh, test this beautiful car in real-world conditions to, to basically demonstrate to the world what we can do. What's the next step then in your job in terms of growing the company? My absolute priority today is to open up more sales and service centers around uh, the, the, the US and also in Europe because we, we notice as soon as we plant the flag there are many company, uh, customers who weren't quite sure about Tesla who maybe didn't know as much as, as, as some others who are saying, okay, if there's a local store to me, then I'll take that step. So we think that's an additional marketing opportunity for our market opportunity for us. And uh, we're looking to significantly increase the number of stores over the next few years as our volume increases both in the US and in Europe. Fascinating story, Michael Vandersand. Thanks so much for bringing us up to speed from your end of what Tesla is doing. Thank you very much for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I want to thank the executive team at Tesla for making the time to sit down with me. And by the way, if you'd like an insider's look at Tesla's Northern California campus, 
where they not only run the company, but also put the finishing touches on the Roadster? Join Isaac Bouchard on AutoLine Extra at our website. And before we go, I'd like to tell you about a very different kind of show coming up later this week. Actually, it's going to be a live webcast with a couple of very interesting participants. So as I sign off here, check this out. We've got a special live webcast coming up next Thursday night, March 26, all about the bailout plans that are going to be presented to Congress and whatever other topics we want to get into. Joining me, Mr. Auto Extremist, Peter DeLorenzo, and Gonzo PR maven, Jason Vines. We've gagged them because I don't want them spilling their guts until we go live. Join us Thursday, March 26 at 6.30 p.m. Eastern at the AutoLine website. That's when the gags come off.